Hello. Hello, welcome, America. And welcome to the Board Dads Podcast. I am your co-host, Andrew Oborn. And I'm your co-host, Sean Oborn. Dual co-host again. Surprise, surprise. And this week we are talking about a 1974 classic, King Oil. And this episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. It's not brought to you by Taco Bell, but seriously though, that $5 box is delicious. Am I right? Honestly, every day is a good day for the Bell. This is TB. That's right. Not tuberculosis. Just the good old-fashioned Taco Bell. Yeah, which brings them to us brings us to our next point, King Oil. King Oil, yes. And so in King Oil, the, the premise of the game is you guess that you're trying to become an oil king. Well, let's back up a little bit. So King Oil is a game for two to four players. It came out in 1974, put up by Milton Bradley. But as my brother was saying, yes, the object of the game is to be King Oil. And straight from the box here, actually... Straight from the box, it says that there are fortunes to be made and lost in oil. Rich one moment and poor the next, or poor, then suddenly rich. That's that's King that Oil. sums it up, yeah. But the, I, I really want to talk about the cover of the box. The cover of the box is... The box is huge. It is huge, It's and we'll, we'll get to why in just a minute, but it's a, it's a good-sized box. Age is 9 to adult, so I think I fit in that category clearly. Do you fit in that category? Barely. Barely. Okay. And um, it's, you know, one of the old Milton Bradleys on the left side. It gives you the age range and the object. Combine luck and strategy to control the oil fields. And the cover of the box is awesome. It's got two hands. Dismembered hands. Dismembered hands. Playing the game with scattered game pieces and one hand just holding money. Game money, which is awesome. He's ready to make a purchase. But then down in the corner of the box, there's this, it looks like like a pastel it's a painting. Drawing. Oil on canvas. Oil like canvas. Pardon the pun. Pardon the pun. Bam. I've seen it. But it shows it shows some oil oil rigs in the back spewing the black gold. And we got a, a guy in a nice brown leisure suit with a, what kind of tie do we call that? It's almost like a. Um, it's like a bolo. Well, KFC, the colonel. It's like the kind of tie he wears um, with a cowboy hat. And uh, every time I see this box, it makes me just think of, howdy. Mm-hmm. Morning. Well, that's the king oil. That's the king oil, yeah. I think this Texas this game was inspired by Texas, but that's just it's me. only fitting since we're in Texas that that's we right. do this game. That's right. So King Oil. So like we said, the game comes in a huge box, and that's because it has a really unique board. Now this board is um, I wouldn't quite call it three dimensional, but it probably stands oh I don't know maybe an inch and a half two inches tall, and on the board it's divided up into eighteen different sections. It's basically an aerial view of like farmland, farmland, basically with a flat farmland, farmland with it. yeah, with little there's, little there's little like you know there's a lake on there and little like you know bushes and stuff drawn in there, but it's basically a bird's eye view of it, and it's it's parcelled off into eighteen different sections of land with hundreds of little holes drilled into it. Yeah, uh, hundreds, over. hundreds maybe, but we could actually add it up. But anyway, but the game is unique because uh, these holes go into the board. And if you turn it on the side, there's a little window on the side. And on the side, there's three different discs. Three discs or dials that, that stick out with the little nubs. And every game you play, you rotate these discs in different ways. You can just rotate them randomly to create a random combination. And some poor soul somewhere did the math on this. 1,728 different permutations of oil wells for this game. And for those who speak English, that's seven, 1,728 different combinations of, of holes. Maximum replayability. Yes. So I want to know the person that played this 1,729 times. No, they actually did the math. This is involved with math. 
I know, but the person that played it 1,729 times, they know we're all so in high school. Like, well, you're not going to always have a calculator with you. It's for games like this because I think they actually used fractions and uh, division, and they showed their work. The maths. Yeah, they use arithmetic. The maths. Anyway, so the game board is really cool, and we're going to get into more of that later. But I want to talk about some of the equipment that comes with this game. So we talked about the game board. Another unique part of this game is it has this... Which is three-dimensional. Which is three... And yeah, the, all the game pieces are three-dimensional. And they all stand on top of the board since you're drilling for oil. But probably the most important piece in the game is what they call the drill or the rig. And what it looks like is it looks like um, a three-dimensional four-sided steel tower. That's gray. But it's got a long metal pole sticking out the bottom. And that metal pole is just wide enough to go into the holes on the game board. And when the you ones s- that are randomized when you turn those little discs. Yeah, the ones, yeah. And so those holes determine if you strike oil or not. What it's got is it's got a little metal rod. And when the rod is pushed down, it can show either red, yellow, or blue, depending on how, quote-unquote, deep that oil well is. So if it just shows the yellow, which is top, it's a shallow well... If it shows the yellow and the red, then it's a medium depth. If it shows all three, that's actually the opposite. Yellow is deep, red and yellow is medium. And then if it shows all three, that's a really shallow well. A gusher, as they call it in the book. Yes. And by book, I mean instruction book. Yes. And so those are the three options. There is a fourth option where you drill and you get nothing. It's a dry well. It's a dry well. Yep. And so... This oil rig or this drill, every time you play, everyone gets to use this to, to pick a hole on the board to drill. They have to pay money. They're, this game also does come with a big stack of Monopoly money type type money. But you pay to, to drill every turn. And every turn, you have to drill at least one well. Well, first you draw a well. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. And so on your turn, what you do is you draw a wildcat card. And the wildcat cards, there's 32 of them. They refer back, actually, I learned this the other day. Investments. In investments, actually. They used to dr- drill wildcat wells, where they just go out and basically drill blindly. Without knowing where anything was. Yeah, because this was back in the day before we had all the computers. But anyway, when you draw the card, there's three So on, on your turn, there's a stack that's sitting on the board, and on your turn, whoever's turn it is, you draw one wildcat card, and you basically follow the instructions on the card. Yes, and it's very self-explanatory. It's divided into three sections, and you have to do each section as it comes up. And so the one I have here in my hand is you have a chance to get royalties per producing well that you have. And so if I have, say, 10 producing wells, I can get $1,000 per producing well or 500 per producing well, up to $4,000 per producing well. Depending on what the card says. Yep. And so once I get my money for, for all those royalties, I then have to drill at least one well. And the card will say, drill one well, drill one or two wells, drill one to four wells, all based on my choice and the amount of money that I have. And you have to draw, if it says to drill one, you have to drill at least one. And that's what Andrew was talking about, where it costs money. So what you do is, first, at the very beginning, everyone has to pick what spot of land, the divided up land that you want to buy. You spend the money for it, because you start with money, it's like Monopoly. You spend the money for the land you want to buy with nothing. All you have is a bunch of empty holes that might be oil wells, might be dry oil wells, who knows. So after you decide who goes first, then you pick the wildcat card. And, you know, if you have royalties, you can get the royalties. And then you, if it says to drill a well, you literally pick a random hole, put the little metal rod down there, and you basically find out right then and there if that's an oil producing well. 
if it is, then you basically pay a certain dollar amount based on the depth of the well, with the shallow wells being the most, uh, the cheapest, and the deepest wells being the most expensive, and you get the same royalties regardless of the depth of the well. And after you do that, then you put an oil derrick, I guess. A derrick, yes. There's another little miniature, a three-dimensional miniature that you put um, in that hole you just drilled in to symbolize that that's a producing well in the future. Yep, and um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tiny little tower, maybe an inch tall or so, and it, it looks very similar to the drill. But this one has kind of like a little, it's almost like a battleship peg where it fits nicely into the hole. And so it sits up. It just sits there. Yeah, it sits up vertically on the board. And so that's how you can tell if you have a producing well. Now, we did talk about the dry wells. There are, we have also, as your game pieces, you have what are called caps, which are little circles. And they've got, it looks like an oil cap because I'm an oil, king oil. Yeah, everyone knows what that looks like. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, it's, it almost looks like a, uh, like a sewer cover thingy a manhole cover manhole cover there you go could be a button a button too yep but if you have a dry well then you put one of those on it to mark okay i've already drilled here i can't drill here anymore which what that what that does is twofold one it's a constant reminder that uh you suck at drilling also it you only have a limited number of holes in the land that you bought and so they could be all dry wells and as you drill you're plugging them up and so you also run into this this um, problem that, you know, let's say you only have 10 spots to drill in and you've already drilled all of them and whether they're producing or not, if you draw a wildcat card that says to drill and you have no more spots to drill, you have to pay a fine. That's right. And so that brings me to the third part of the card is the ability to purchase new tracts of land, huge tracts of land. And some of them are huge, actually. But uh, the most you can buy at any given time is one property. And that's, uh, that's randomized on the card, is if a property is up for sale that turn, you and only you, if it's your turn, are the is, you have the choice to buy it or not. Yeah. You can go ahead and pass on that if you wish, but if you, uh, if you, as the instruction manual says, don't plan ahead, then you're fined for it. And the fine is pretty hefty. It's $10,000, which to give you context, the deepest well and a dry well cost the same at 6000 so it's a very, very hefty fine. It would behoove you to buy land when you can. Yes. Now, um, now part of being a king oil is taking advantage of those around you, and there's there's more than one way you can do this. So if you have a producing... There's several ways to that throne of Texas tea, if you will. Black gold. Black gold. Black gold. One way, and the most cost-effective, cost effective, the most costly way to do it is to build pipelines. And so you can build pipelines. Um, if I have a, a spot, a tract of land that has at least four producing wells on it, I can pipe into, say, Sean's land. A, a neighboring land. A neighboring land that's owned and that's adjacent. Yep, and it's adjacent. And every turn, before they draw a card and get income, they must pay me money. I can put up to three pipelines on him. So I can gouge him for up to $6,000 per his producing well each turn before he goes, so it really, really can add up quick. And to be even more of a jerk, if he's already piped into my side, I can't pipe over into his side. It only goes one way. That's right. So you kind of want to be the first person to lay down a pipeline, because if you don't, then you lose out of being able to kind of get the get him back, basically. Which, which makes absolute sense, because clearly oil only flows in one direction, not in a circle. Clearly. Yes. Yes. So that's one way to do it. 
but bear in mind that those is very, like I said, very costly. Those pipelines cost $25,000 a piece each. And I can build up to three of them per my land, like per, per tract of land. So very, very costly. Usually you throw those down uh, later. Yeah, when you're when you're when you're not a king oil, but more of a prince oil. You, when you're Duke oil, Duke oil, yeah, you've got the cash to throw around so you can flaunt it. If you got it, flaunt it. That's that's what they always say. Well, when you've got it, you can, you gotta show it off. Yeah. Now there is another way, and I think this is actually a really really cool rule. There's actually a, a rule of secrecy in this game that isn't used very often. That, that we I've don't seen. talk about because it's secret. It's secret, but there, but squatting is allowed in this game. And what I mean yeah. by that is you literally can stand by the table and crouch down and just sit there. No, I'm just kidding. Random people walking. <laughs> Who's this guy? I don't know. He's, he's here just, now. He's so squatting. We've got to allow him into the game. No, but um, but what you can do on your turn, you can draw a wildcat card and you can go about your business as usual. Take your turn. Yep, taking your turn. But as you're drilling, you can take the, the, the drill or the rig and drill in on an unowned property. Whether you have an oil derrick there or not, it doesn't matter. You still pay the, the fee for drilling. And if you can get away with it, and by getting away with it, that means that the next person starts their turn by drawing a wildcat card. And no, and no one calls you on it. And no one calls and you on it. person starts their turn. Yep. Then you successfully squatted on that land, and you now own it without paying the, the fine to buy it. Now, you might be thinking, like, well, that's dumb, because if you're only playing with two to four people, like this game is designed for, how could anyone not notice that. Well, the holes, some of them are very close together and the land is clearly defined and like demarcated and whatnot, but there are holes like in neighboring spots of land that are very close together. So if you're kind of just chatting, eating some pretzels, you know, drinking soda, whatever you guys do while you're gaming, if you're not paying attention and you might not realize that from afar, it might look like, look like Andrew's drilling in his land, but he's actually drilling in the spot just over the border you know, but but if he is able to get away with that and the next person takes their turn, it's too late. He now owns that land without having to pay for it. And I will say this, I have gotten away with that on more than one occasion. Yes. Which is really exciting because, you know, the land can be up to you know, up to twelve thousand dollars to buy a piece of land and so there's also a limited number of amount of land. Yeah, so yeah, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, there's eighteen. So once once you have it, then you just you got you you stole from the bank. Now if you get caught, you do get fined. Yes, right? you do get fined, so you'd still pay for that, that well. But you get fined ten thousand dollars, and you don't get to keep the well. But I, I believe it's capped, and it's capped from then on out. I think so. Because you cheated, and cheaters don't prosper, and if unless they get away with it, if cheaters don't prosper, if they're caught, right? At yeah. least in nineteen seventy four. That's the lesson, kids: cheat and don't get caught. Yeah. No, don't do that. So anyway, so by and large, that that is the whole crux of the game, where you go around drilling wells, paying money, getting money, trying to. Breaking, to, breaking hearts. Breaking hearts, taking names, and, and trying to pipe and outpipe the other players so they pay you money and they don't get your money. Um, to be crowned king oil. To be crowned there is king no, oil. There is no crown. There is no crown, but we should totally make one. Right. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this game, bro? We've played this game several times. I would consider it a classic. I would consider it a classic, too. We actually did break this one out at BGGCon as well and had um, a lot of the old timers stop by and say, I had this game when I was a kid. Um, again, remind you, it's from 1974. But I actually really, really enjoy this game. I really like it. And the reason why I really like it is because it is so unique. I've never seen another game like this where it's, I, I guess I'd call it a modular board, but it's a self-contained modular board inside the unit where the board is constantly changing. Again, over 1,700 combinations of this thing. And 
Um, I really like that, and the replayability is huge. Well, and it's also, what I like about it, too, is it, it's fairly easy to pick up, even for younger players, because there's there's a, a limited amount of reading, um, but it's fairly straightforward. You know, obviously, there's there's the money uh, system is a lot like Monopoly, where you're just kind of, it's all, you know, 500, 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, 25,000 increments, I think, for there's the money. No, there's no 25,000. Okay, yeah. 10,000 is the max. Right. But it, it looks just like Monopoly money, and you kind of, everything costs, like, several thousand most of the time. But it is very easy to pick up. And I, I do like that about it, so I could play this with, like, my 8-year-old. You know, I think he'd probably be, be, be able to get into it and not have to struggle too much. But it is kind of different every time because you can have different strategies. And the other thing is, I don't know if Andrew talked about this, is that the, the way you win is you're basically the last man standing. So the last person to have money, because eventually everyone will run out of money because they either have to pay a fine because they can't drill or they got caught trying to... Trying to um, steel trying to steal or, or, pipe, or, or a piping you know pipeline and they can't afford it so anytime you anytime a card or a rule tells you to do something you can't do it you you are actually hit with a, a fine or a penalty for not being able to do that and basically when you run out of money you lose you can't you there's nothing you can do to come back the one thing you can try is you can try and auction off your property to other players to kind of get some like quick cash, to quick quick cash or satisfy a fine if they agree to it, which I actually really like that this part of the game because it gives you a lot of agency. You can really choose if I if if it's my turn and I owe Sean twenty five thousand dollars and I've got hey I've got this piece of land here that's got five producing wells, you know, can you take that and satisfy? Pay, pay me in kind. Yeah, you know, can, can will that satisfy it for this turn? Um, and we kind of just take a consent. I don't think I don't think the vote on it. But we kind of just take a consensus that if 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 the if the players are okay with that then it's fine and at this on the same token if we're all like you know what andrew's been kind of a tool this whole game so we're gonna let him burn and we'll well just, we can just say no it's not it's not it's not even up to the table's consensus it's up to it's up to the the person whom i owe the money to to decide they can choose yeah, no true. i'm not going to take this you need to pay me in cash that's true and so they can literally force you out of the game just by demanding cash from you instead of you know instead of taking payment in other forms right Be, being a being a uh, a jerky predator. Yep. Um, the other thing too is that if someone does go bankrupt for whatever reason, by hook or by crook, then all of his properties and oil rigs, plugs, everything, they all stay on the board and then the board can divvy them up and auction them off as they see fit. And so you can basically like buy that guy's property and all his oil rigs become yours and so on. If you're the highest bidder, you could buy it for a thousand bucks. Right. Just depending. I think you start the bid at 500. 500 and it goes yeah. up in 500 increments. But yeah. But yeah, so there, there is a way to do that. Now, we've talked a lot about this game, and it seems like, oh, it's there's, it's purely luck-based because it's so random and with the board and the drilling and all that. But that is the premise of the game. I mean, back in this time in drilling oil, I mean, I'm no oil historian by any stretch of the imagination, but I know that they didn't have a lot of the same technology we did today where they can, you know, have x-ray vision and see underground because we totally have that right now. And they didn't have that, and so... That randomization is part of the game and part of Love the luck. yeah part part of the the uh, theme of this game. Now, all this oil drilling sounds well and good, but there is something that we we failed to talk about, and that's danger. There is a danger in this game more than just the other players. As with anything, accidents can happen, and there is a fire card. There's two. There's two. Yeah, there's two fire cards in the deck of wildcat cards. And if you draw it, it's uh, it's broken into three sections. If you have, I think it's one through five wells, you have to cap off one well. If you have 
six through 10 wells, you have to cap off two. And if you have 11 or more wells, you have to cap off three wells, which can be a huge, huge killer in the beginning of the game. I mean, if you have six wells and you have to cap two, I mean, that's, that's, that's killer. Yeah. Well, and that, that, that counts as your turn, because you can only draw one Wildcat card per turn. You can never draw any more. So if you draw one and, and you can't really do anything because you don't have the money for it, or it's the fire card, it's like, well, you're basically out of luck because that was your turn. Yeah, the fire card. Yeah, you, there is no pass and go. There is no collecting $200. You just light them up and watch them burn. Now and the wildcat cards, when you run, when you burn, when you go through all of them, you literally reshuffle and just do it all over again until the game ends. Yeah. Now I will say this: that fire card, um, it can be killer, but you can also use it to your advantage, like very, very much. If I have a you know a property that has three oil derricks on it, and Sean has his pipeline into it, and I've got I've got to pay him, you know, whatever six thousand dollars a piece, you know, per my producing wells. I'm shelling out eighteen thousand dollars every round. If I get that oil card, I can effectively fire. that fire card. Excuse me, that fire card. I can shut those three wells down because it's oil wells I choose, and then that would cut his cash flow off from me. And those pipelines that he's built there, he built three of them for seventy five thousand dollars. They stay. They stay there for the rest of the game, and nothing happens to them. So yeah. that. Yeah, so that fire card really, really can be used as an advantage and a, a really good piece of strategy if you get it at the right time. Anyway, so again, I really like this game. Sean really liked this game. I actually really like to play this game with my wife. She beats me every single time. This knocks my socks off for some reason. I thought it was the other way around. I beat her like one time. That's it. Maybe two times, but she has beat me so many times. Well, the strategies, the strategy in our family is often... Try to be Andrew and then work on the other people because Andrew will basically backstab everybody. I don't backstab everybody. I just use the rules to my advantage. That's what you're supposed to do in a game, is it not? You backstab with the rules. Apparently, I'm apparently I'm a backstabber with the rules, but that's okay because winning is everything, kids. Don't yeah. let your teachers tell you otherwise. But that's King Oil. So if you guys have. You know, any house rules you've used for that one, or if you've done some, if you've modded your game and made it kind of creative. Heck, if you've painted these little miniatures, I mean, they come in just a standard, you know, red, white, and blue, and yellow. Yeah, if you if you wired your, your board so it actually gushes oil when you find oil, I would, I would pay money for that. Yeah, I'd pay money to see that. I'll cool. bring my tarp and we can play it. We put the tarp down first. <laughs> Real functioning oil. Heck, good. I'm all over that. Yeah. So, but yeah, let us know um, if you guys also, you know, if you have, if there's a game that, you know, this is our second episode here. Uh, so if you have a game that you want us to review or one that you've been worried, you know, wondering, not worried, but wondering, you know, how to play or if it's worth anything, let us know. We'll take a bullet for you. So what we'll, we're going to try and get some pictures of this game. We'll, we'll, we'll set up like a mock little oil field with pipes and junk on it. We'll try and get some pictures we'll up on... we create the cover on the box. We'll, um, well, my thing... Complete with Colonel Sanders tie and cowboy hat. Colonel Sanders tie and cowboy hat. But I don't have those manicured hands that are just so pristinely perfect. I think, I think they're child hands. Either way, they're much more prettier than mine. That being said, yeah, we'll try and get our uh, BDP, Board Dads Podcast, official photographer up. Did I say that right? Did I say it wrong? I don't know. To, to, take, some, to take some pictures of this game and its components. And our marketing department, yeah. All one of them on that um, to get some pictures up on the on the social medias. And uh, yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Look us up on social media. If you guys have a, you know, like I said, a game that you want us to play, suggestion, a modded version of this game, house rule version of this game, 
Uh, look us up on any of those social, um, Heck, social media sites. Drop us a line if you just want to say hi. Send us an email. We're very friendly people. We most are. Of the time. We're friendly people, and except when we're playing board games, I'm friendly, even if I'm playing board games, because I play to win, folks. Anyway, so, thank you to our to our uh, our special guest uh, Andrew. Thank you. And thank you to our sponsor, uh, Taco Bell $5 box. It's actually not our sponsor. And if we say Taco Bell one more time, we'll have to pay him a dollar. So please stop. I, but the thing is, though, is we're talking about the fries. There's a conspiracy. Have you heard about this? They do have fries. I've eaten them. Yeah. Pretty good. Especially a... Okay. So if you go to the Taco Bell KFC combination, they do have fries. No they, have, no, they have fries at the regular Taco Bells now. Do? They do. Folks, we might be going to Taco Bell right now. They so on that fries. note, uh, on behalf of all aboard Daddia... And me and me and my brother Sean stay bored.